Welcome back to Open House with Mark Seawick and Corey James Moran, brought to you by the Mark Seawick team at Keller Williams Realty, a greater Rochester real estate podcast. This is episode 27, and we are back after a short hiatus, Mark. A short hiatus? How you doing, bud? I'm doing good. Um, so the reason for the short hiatus is something we'll dive into right now. Let's um, do it. Go for it. I am now a father of two. Yay. So, Congra- yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Yep. So our son Ashton was born... Uh, we can go Saturday, uh, so we've been spending a little bit of time with him um, and his brother Mason, who is our oldest. And, and, and Mason, I understand, is is um, elated. He's overjoyed. Um, he's got an interesting strategy. He's he's, um, <laughs> he's pretending that Ashton doesn't exist, which he's really committing to the bit because it's been over a week now, and uh, and still not a lot of acknowledgement. He has said baby a couple of times. And I think I once caught him glancing at him out of the corner of his eye. Uh, once. So. Um, he is a willful mm-hmm. child. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you think that he gets that from? I can't imagine. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, <laughs> definitely not from his mom. But he, is he sleeping? Uh, he's doing decent. A little bit of regression um, from him, which is to be expected. Oh, I'm not asking uh, Mason. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, Mason, in other words, are you getting sleep? I'll take that as a no. Well, you know, okay. trying our best. Here's the thing with Ashton. Um, he is sleeping really well, actually, during the day. And then oh. nighttime hits, oh. and it's party time. Oh. So he's, oh. a, he's a night owl, so that's nice. Uh, so it is uh, It is a lot of my wife uh, elbowing me or me elbowing my wife, saying it's your turn to uh, hold him until he stops crying. Wow, uh, wow. So, yeah, parent- there's this weird thing, Mark, about parenting. Yeah. Okay. There's this dynamic in play. That it's really, it's really weird. Um, it is the best thing in the world. And it also makes you question if it's a giant mistake often. <laughs> I, well, I, 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 it's got to be terrifying. Yeah. I yeah. can't imagine. Uh, obviously, we're, we're very, very happy. So happy that he, um, he was healthy, of course. Got a little scary in the delivery room. Really? Yeah. So my wife actually didn't push very long. We, we got in there around noon. Um, she was induced. Uh, and he showed up at 5.35. So she wasn't in labor for a very long time, okay. all things considered. And she actually like actually pushed for about 15 minutes. Um, but we're in there in the delivery room, and we have our doula, thank God, uh, who I highly recommend doulas because I get to stay up by my wife's head. That is where I belong. Yeah, that is my yeah, zone. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be anywhere else. Yeah. They asked me if I wanted to catch the baby. I said, absolutely not. No, thank you. I'm going to be over here yeah. feeding her ice chips and not making jokes. That is my role here. Yeah, yeah. So the doula comes in and helps with a lot of the other stuff. Um, but we're in there, and at some point, more people are just in the room, which was a little bit alarming. Mm. And the midwife, who was the one that was delivering him, starts saying all these code words. Um, which my wife, even with her epidural and being all drugged up, quickly picked up on the fact that, all right, something here is awry. So what had happened was the umbilical cord was around oh, no. his neck. Oh, boy. And oh, his heart God. rate was dropping. Oh, no. Um, so we played a game that our midwife called Beat the Doctor. Uh, so basically they put in a call to the doctor who is on call, uh, and she lives about 10 minutes away. They say, if you can get this baby out before she gets here, then we don't have to have a C-section. 
Oh. So that was some serious motivation for my wife. I bet it and was. About two wow. pushes later, Ashton was out. And, oh, uh, my God. And wow. all, all was well. So we got to avoid that. But it was it was pretty scary in that moment. You're not quite sure what's really going on exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but had all his fingers, all his toes. Big boy. He was uh, eight pounds, six ounces. Yeah, yeah. Um, good thing he wasn't in there any longer or else. I mean, my wife's tiny. Uh, <laughs> so he would have been over nine pounds if we had to wait much longer, wow. which would not have worked out well. Uh, so, yeah, everything's good. We got to leave. Uh, the hospital last Tuesday, so I've been home for a little over a week now. I'm well. So congratulations, bud. Um, yeah, thr- thrilled to have you back. So that was partly why the podcast uh, took a quick hiatus, but also, Mark, you were doing a little bit of traveling. Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had a, a few nice days in Wyoming, but you know, uh, yes, yeah. doesn't um, doesn't quite compare to. Uh, no, no, no. I'm <laughs> catching babies, and you know, I yeah. saw the photos. Pretty cool. I honestly, if we were gonna switch roles, I think I would have been okay with that. <laughs> I'll I'll look at wolves. I'll look at packs of wolves. Yeah, yeah. That seems like fun. Yeah. So so they, I mean, it, really, the highlight of the trip, and then we'll talk real estate. Yeah. But the, yeah, yeah. The, the highlight of the trip was um, we had a great guide in uh, in the Grand Teton uh, Park, and uh, we came upon a wolf pack, um, and there were six of them, and uh, they're, they're beautiful, majestic creatures, and. Um, I'm standing outside of the uh, the touring car, and um, the the wolves came within 15, 20 yards oh, of us. That's crazy. And it was it was it was it's just, it's just you know we love to travel. We haven't been able to travel since a year ago, January. The privilege of being able to finally um, get in a plane and go somewhere. Sure. Um, so um, and, and it was Jackson Hole, right? Uh, Jackson Hole, which yeah, apparently yeah, is yeah. like this rising uh, tourist place. I guess. I, well, right? it, it's, it's also a destination um, uh, for billionaires. It, ah, it, yeah, I mean there are there are forty two billionaires who have really? a, a, a home or a presence in yeah and it's, and it's, and it's a tiny little place it's 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 a small yeah how many guns do you think are owned amongst all those billionaires Oh, a, a billion? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's an interesting question. Interesting <laughs> we'll look into that. So, we'll dive into those numbers on a later podcast. Yeah, but it, it was great. Thank you. It's, it's good to be back. Good yes, to be back. it is. Yeah. It is. So, uh, again, moving forward, we'll be back on our schedule. So, apologies if you were checking. And uh, where, where's the podcast? Where's the new episodes? Yeah, yeah. It was not a glitch. We are back. So, we are going to dive into episode 27 here. What to do if your house isn't selling. First, though, let's get a, a quick look of uh, of the market here. As we are expecting, things are going down more. Um, so as of the last recording of our podcast now, which was a couple of weeks ago, uh, Monroe County had 471 listings. We're now at 425. Not surprising. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. then as far as the six county region goes, we were at 867. Uh, as of the recording of this podcast, 813. And then we expect things to continue to go in this direction, obviously, yeah, yeah. as we get closer to the mid uh, middle of November. That's when things really dive. Uh, yeah, and yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Over the course of the next six weeks, that number will just continue to, to, to drop. It'll mm-hmm. just plummet. Yep. Um, um, very interesting. So right now kind of is the last gasp of, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. of the market for yep, the year, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, indeed. Absolutely. Very, very. I, I, I've got to say, I've really enjoyed over the course of the past week and a half. Um, the temperatures are dropping. I love this time of year. I just love the holidays. They revert to being a 12-year-old boy. Yeah. <laughs> it, is just, it is such a, a magical time of year for me. Um, but it's also really great in that I'm sleeping in a little bit later and I'm doing, you know, I'm spending a little bit more time in the New York Times crossword puzzle. There we just, go. One of your just, favorite things. Just walking the streets um, in my neighborhood um, and just you know, breathing in that crisp, cool sure. air. It's, it, it's, it's, it's been great. And so, yeah, if we get another two months of this before, boom, um, you know, we hit the door run. Hey, I know that you want to talk about our topic at hand, but yeah. 
Can we talk about Zillow? Oh, yeah. Uh, Mark brought this up oh, uh, off, the, off the podcast a moment ago. I'm, I'm going to try desperately <laughs> not to be gleeful. <laughs> well, good luck. Well, good luck. Similar to the Grinch, the smile will creep up onto your face. Um, yeah, what's going on with Zillow? I, I heard they're having some algorithm issues. Yeah, so... Um, Zillow, Zillow three years ago uh, decided to um, enter into what's called um, iBuying. Um, and iBuying is basically they use their algorithms to determine uh, whether or not a property um, that is on the market for sale is a, a good deal, a bargain. Okay. Um, and then they would buy these properties, and then they were further using algorithms to determine how much renovation was going to need, be needed. And they were putting these places on the market for sale. Well, the only problem is that... Turns out their algorithms aren't as accurate Whoa. as yeah, shocking. Wait a second. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, you're yeah. tell you're telling me <laughs> that if you don't set foot in a property, <laughs> well, well, that you're well, not going to have an idea of what it's really worth. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah. No. I, I, I mean, <laughs> it's, I'm, they're getting a taste of their own medicine. Yeah. I mean. So, so part of, in case you're wondering why it is I'm so gleeful, you know, a lot of a lot of my time is spent sitting down with clients and saying, "Well, I know that Zillow tells you that your property is worth three hundred eighty-five thousand dollars." However, they've never Joey or Jimmy or you know Susie or Becky um, is sitting in their uh, their their uh, cubicle in Cupertino. They're not walking through these properties. So yes, I know they said three eighty-five, but the reality is you're three hundred fifty thousand. And there's a lot of pushback yeah. on the part of sellers because they're you know I'm, I'm basically throwing cold water on sure. their, their hope and, and their aspiration. Well, that's the first number they saw too. Yes, ex- exactly. So so the, so lo and behold, then you know I'll, I'll always list a property for whatever it is that it's sold. They're they're my boss. I will list and. Uh, a list of property for, but you want to make sure that you're being honest, that people can have a roadmap as to ultimately what it is that they're going to net when it is that they're uh, they've sold their property. Um, and um, in- inevitably, uh, I'd say that 90% of the time Zillow is is, is just wrong. Shocking. Um, yeah. So and, and the numbers are, I mean, they've had to reduce their staff by 25%. Ugh. That's 2,000 jobs. Um, they had to take a $304 million write-down. Um, this is a catastrophe. I mean, it, 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 it really is. It's like, it, this is a big deal. So, um, And they've currently got, what, 9,790 homes in inventory. Um, that's that's going to take them a long while. So, wow. Yeah, um, it's, wow. It's, it's, it's a fascinating story. It really is interesting. Hmm. Interesting stuff. Um, I, I would be willing to bet this, this does tie into this episode because... What if you trusted Zillow's algorithm to tell you how much you should sell your house for? Actually, great segue, buddy. Yeah, seriously. Um, And weird, no one's biting. You're not getting any offers. Yeah, yeah. What do you do if your house isn't selling? That's our main topic for this week, so let's just dive on in. Um, First is to stop listening to Zillow. That is the first thing that you should do. Yeah, um, it's a great great starting point. Um, But it's really not the be-all, end-all. It just does not take into consideration whether or not the bathroom's been renovated. It doesn't take into consideration, you know, the subtlety and the nuance um, that exists. And, and, and there are these micro um, opportunities and these micro changes that take that take place. So um, it's not, it's not a great place to start. I mean, it is, maybe it's a great place to start, but certainly it's it's not a great place on which to hang your hat for you. Know, sure, it'd be all end all. So let's just throw out a scenario here of your market. Your house has been on the market for mm, let's say a month now. And you are going to this expecting, hey, everything's going in four or five days, right? My house is going to be just 
like that. It's gonna be gone. Not the case. What are the steps that you need to take? What are some of the options? I know this was a, a blog that you wrote uh, over on the website, markseawick.com, but wanted to expand a little here in podcast. Sure. I, yeah, well, you said a month. You know, I, I think that in this market, given the speed and, um, and, uh, with which properties are selling, I think this conversation needs to be having within 10, 12 days of the okay. property going yeah. in the market for sale. So, you know, let, let's call it two weeks. Two weeks after the property's gone in the market for sale, if it hasn't sold, I think the sellers need to roll up their sleeve. Uh, they need to sit down face-to-face with their agent, and the agent should be prompting all this and making sure all this happens. Everybody's sitting down with a cup of coffee and talk about, okay, what's going on? Um, a, have, um, have we had people walking through? Um, if if not, why aren't they walking through? And in this market, if people aren't walking through, right there, price too high. It's 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 got to be priced too high. You know, there there is a chance that it could that the marketing could be wrong. I mean, mistakes are made. Um, it could be listed for the very very doubtful. It could be listed for the wrong price. It could be listed in the wrong town. It could have the wrong square footage. All those are possibilities. And a good agent is going to um, research all that within just a few days if there's if there aren't any showings. Um, if if the information in the marketing is good, then. It's one of several things. Um, it's cer- certainly and more likely than not, it's price. But it, if you've got people walking through and nobody's writing an offer, then it, it more likely than not is price. But it could also be an issue of condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to you need to start to explore all of that. Um, probably not a bad time. I'm going I'm to go into a little bit of an explanation. Um, th- th- so. so Bear with me for a moment or two because I think this is very, very helpful for people to understand. Um, There are three kinds of responses that a buyer will have to a property when they walk through. The first response, they walk through, and what we've seen most of this year is the buyer loves the property. They write an offer. Great. End of story. Done. Second kind of response, a buyer walks through a property, um, likes it, walks through a second time, walks through a third time. Um, brings their husband, their wife, their contractor, their designer, whomever it may be, but they ultimately end up not writing an offer. When that's happening, you know the buyer is, you've got buyers out there who are interested in the property, but more likely than not, you're just a little bit overpriced. And a $5,000, $10,000 reduction in the price will ensure that you're going to get an offer within a few days of lowering the price. Where you don't want to be is people are walking through, they're saying, oh, lovely home. They walk out and you never see or you never hear from them again. That requires a lot more engagement. Um, More likely than that, it's going to require um, a reduction in price, but it could be um, a matter of needing to replace carpet. It could be a matter of removing wallpaper or painting or doing something about um, odors, um, you know, whether, whether it's, I mean, it's somebody, I'll, I'll never forget uh, an open house, God, this goes back years ago. And I walk in, I was like, what Oh no! the hell did you make for dinner? They had fried cod oh, for dinner the what? night before. No. I was like, what were you thinking? Oh no. Um, so, uh, so, so there are things that people might need to do. And you need to, you need to, when you're sitting at that uh, uh, table with your agent drinking coffee, you just need to open yourself up. Um, it's very, very, it, this is a difficult situation. It's made only more difficult when it is that sellers become defensive. If, sure, you've, yeah. if you've chosen a great agent, that agent is there not to beat you up. That agent is there to educate you and to make sure that you're creating and crafting a game plan that is going to ultimately get the property sold. Uh, but being defensive is the worst thing because it makes it difficult for the agent then to tell you what it is that you need to hear. Right. Because if you're being defensive about it, that leads to you thinking nothing needs to change, which is 
is the definition of insanity. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So a little peek behind the curtain here. Um, getting the showings is a really important uh, part of this because you're getting the feedback from the showings. Right. Um, so how that works is there's an app essentially that we use to schedule all these things. And right in that app, they uh, whoever the, the buyer's agent is, they write all of the different comments in there. So having that, and as Mark said, being open to that information is so crucial, even though it could be probably tough to hear, because again, this is your home that we're talking about here. So it's literally personal when it comes down to it, but it's also business, and if you want to make money, you kind of got to separate the two. Yeah, it's it's, it's a weird um, confluence of, uh, you sell, I don't know, 125 shares of Xerox, you know, and you've you've gained or you've lost. It's, It's not particularly personal. But if you're taking a loss on the sale of your residence, your home, your sanctuary, um, that's, that, that, that is very difficult. So we covered a price reduction. That is one of the things that you can do. That can typically create a little bit more interest and potentially get you an offer. And, and before you go on, remember um, there are guide posts that help you to determine how much of a price reduction you should be making. Um, And that's based on the kind of behavior that Mm -hmm. you're witnessing as buyers are walking through. Okay. So the next thing you could do, and if you have your home listed right now and maybe it's not selling very well, might not be a bad time to just pull it off the market for a bit. I love doing that. I I, I, I love doing that. Most agents seem very reluctant. Um, And I got to say, I'll just put it out there. I think that most agents are reluctant to do so because agents are kind of desperate to put, to make sales and to score commissions in the months of December, December, uh, January, December, January. Um, and so I love doing it because the market does slow down from the 10th of November until the third week of January. Um, and properties aren't moving as quickly. Um, and you might be taking a little bit of a loss. So taking it off the market for sale now and relisting it the third week of January, the beginning of February, reflective of what it is that you learned when the house was on the market for sale, that's great. You have the built, ex, built-in excuse of, well, you know, we caught it too late, and, uh, you know, it seems, these are some of the changes we've made, and, and here we go. You're you, good to go. You've got a built-in excuse. It has yeah. nothing to do with the fact that this is, like, the, the most glorious <laughs> and spectacular yeah. house on the market. It's just that the market had died because people were thinking about mistletoe and turkey, um, and they weren't paying any attention to uh, to real estate. So, um, yeah, you're right. That, that, it's, that's a perfect thing. And, again, it allows somebody then to um, discern what it is that's preventing the house from getting an offer. Is it is it price? Is it condition? Is it something else? So let's say it's not this time of the year, pulling it off the market for a bit. How does that change when we don't have the built-in excuse of, ah, we would just miss the season? I think you just – I, I think – we live in such a transparent world. I think just coming forward and being really honest and saying, hey, um, we took it off the market for sale because we heard what the market was telling us. And the market was saying that we needed new carpet and we needed to remove wallpaper. And we did both of those things. And we're putting it back on the market for sale now. Look at how spectacular this place is. And in and, and backing up that statement with photos or video. Um, I don't think there's I, – I, sellers don't suffer – um, uh, any loss as a result of doing that. There's, there's, only, there's only a gain to be enjoyed. Now, how about for the seller who says, all right, fine, let's pull it off the market for a bit, but they're reluctant to make any change. And they just think with a little bit of time and just putting it back on, maybe we'll get a fresh set of eyes and things will be different. How do you and, advise And the that? client's name is Bill Murray? 
<laughs> and, and, Groundhog Day. Thank you. Thank you for catching the reference. <laughs> yeah, you got it. That's indeed. <laughs> that, that, that's that's all that you're doing. You're just mm-hmm. kicking the can down the road. Um, so uh, it's, it's not a great strategy. Fine, you can try the strategy, but mm-hmm. you're not fooling anybody. Now, I, <laughs> I have had some sellers threaten this in the midst of negotiations of, well, if you're uh, if we can't come to terms here, I I'm I'm just gonna rent it. I'm just gonna rent the property out. I can do that since I, I am the property owner after all. Yeah. Um. So 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 a seller has always four options. They can simply take a, if the house isn't selling, they can take the house off the market for sale and just hold on to it. That's an option. Mm-hmm. They can go ahead and they can lower the price. They can uh, uh they can make renovations. Or they can rent it. But let me tell you, I mean, I'm a guy who owns a lot of rental property at this point in time. Um, I had my teeth kicked in those first three to five years. It is difficult. And so I, when, when, when it is that um, I've got a client who says that they're going to take it off the market for sale and simply rent it, I ask them what it is that they think they're going to accomplish by doing so. And if they say, well, listen, you know, I, I own a lot of rental property. I'm throwing this in the portfolio. Or um, I'm, I, I'm terrified that the stock market is at a high and in the next few years we're not going to be getting a great return. So I'm just going to, well, you know, th- those are, but if somebody said, well, I'm just going to put it on the market for sale next year, terrific. Then I, then I have them and I sit down and I'm very, very, how much are you paying down on principal every single, uh, every single month? And they'll say, you know, let me check. I'm paying down $300 per month on principal. Great. So that means that in the next year, you will pay down $3,600 in principal. And let's say that there's a $2,500 increase, $5,000. But let's say that between now and then, the, uh, the furnace goes. Yep. Or, or this, the, the tenant's dogs have like chewed on the furniture or the kids have destroyed. You know, that, that's, that's a lot of risk to take to enjoy what, a $5,000 up, right. potential upside. Usually doesn't make any sense. Yeah, again, if you're someone that has done this, um, you've rented a lot of properties, you know what you're getting into, I think this is more of a word of warning for the person that, well, you know, I always thought about having a rental, and uh, we have covered that in previous podcasts, by the way. If you want to know what it's really like, uh, you can go back and listen. Yeah. By the way, we got our videographer. Mm. (laughs) So so I've been doing some nice videos of uh, some of the renovations we've done to some of these really very nice rental property that we own on East Avenue in the city. Yeah. I figured I was going to turn the table, and I am going to have our videographer meet me at 150 Breck Street. Okay. Which was my second house that I ever purchased. That's the one I think I've told you. Maybe I've told you. Yeah. That's oh, the is, this, is this the, this yeah, is the, the story? The steak knife, yeah. Was this more yeah. appropriate for Halloween time? <laughs> I think. Well, well, Halloween has passed. Yeah. But, but I, do, I, do want, I do want to get the videographer uh, over there oh to goodness. show that, like, you know, you've got to start somewhere. Yeah. And, yeah, so um, I'm going to get the videographer out there to show the property that I paid Forty-two thousand dollars for sold it fifteen years later for eighteen thousand dollars, but I had to endure on day one of owning the property the the murder of the the best yeah. friend of my downstairs tenant on the front lawn as wow. a steak knife was embedded in his chest. So um that, that'll that'll be a that'll be a great video. <laughs> we should have probably run it a few days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. It's always next year. Can bring back bring back around. Oh, the, 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 there we go. An, an evergreen video. We can yeah, we can so. add it to the haunted Rochester ghost tour. <laughs> there there oh we go. So. All right. Anything else you think we should cover here? As far as if your house isn't selling, what you should do about it? I, I'm just going to repeat what we said earlier. I mm-hmm. just think it's important for people to have an open mind, 
not be defensive, look themselves in the mirror, um, swallow hard, and realize there's something that needs to be done. Take it off the market for sale, that's fine. Uh, rent it, not a great idea. Renovate it, or more likely than not, it's just gonna, it's just gonna come down in price. Now, one of the things we haven't covered, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Mm. It can be difficult because sometimes the blame isn't rightfully put onto this person, but changing your real estate agent. Oh, that's a great question, bud. That's a really great question. Um, I, I, I think it goes back to you know a, a homeowner looking themselves in the mirror and saying, is it the house or is it the agent? Mm-hmm. And if you've got an, an agent, there are a lot of there are a lot of agents out there who shouldn't be selling real estate. There are a lot of great agents. Don't get me wrong, but there are a lot of agents out there who shouldn't be selling real estate. So somebody's got to you know just discern and determine whether or not their agent is actually doing a good job. Um, is this somebody who's been selling for a long while? Is this somebody who has the marketing chops and the network? And or is this somebody who's honestly listed the house for sale, flown off to Florida for a week's vacation, and has done nothing to market the property? Right. So if you do need, if the property isn't selling, you really do need to ask your agent what have you done uh, to market this property, um, and and really figure out whether or not the agent has done all that they can and all that they should in order to get the property sold. Yeah. And if not, get yeah. rid of them. I think it's fair can to them. say, evaluate everything, yeah. right, when it comes yeah. down to it. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Um, we have a couple of questions to get to here, Mark. Ah, I love these questions. What are the questions? Buddy? You uh, just brought up, actually, the holidays and your love of the holidays. So this one um, is very timely. This person says, my husband and I are thinking about listing our home soon. So he told me I shouldn't get my holiday decorations out. Honestly, I think he's just using it as an excuse because he hates when I put up Thanksgiving, uh, decorations before Thanksgiving. Does decorating for the holidays impact a sale? Um, so I, I love, it's one of my favorite things, when it is that there's a domestic argument that's going on. Oh, yeah. And then the husband turns to me like, oh, what do you think? Right. And the wife turns like, oh, what, what, what about this I'll side? I'll be leaving. I'll yeah, see like, you guys oh, later. Like, I am not. I'm not playing marriage Here's counselor in this one. a therapist number. You yeah, guys can yeah, hash exactly. that out. Um, um, houses do sell in November. They do sell in uh, December. Um, and I don't think that holiday decorations, okay. pe- people anticipate or expect that when they walk into a house, whether it's on the market for sale in December or not, there's a pretty good chance, there's a large likelihood that there's going to be a Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Now, there there is something to be said for really personal things. Because I mean, we've talked this before, right? Of, of kind of maybe putting away some of the more of the personalized stuff. Um, obviously, when it comes to holiday decorations, that can also be in play as well. Do you think that is is in factor? Have, having your ornaments with your kids' first uh, Christmas and things like that, not n- so much? N- n- no. I mean, I, I think there is a fine line between, um, you know, recreating in um, specific detail Santa's North Pole workshop, you know, where you can't see the house through right. all the clutter. <laughs> um, so you need, you need to make sure yeah. that, you know, it's just appropriate. But, the, but I did have somebody... God, I mean, I think it was like March, and I walked in, I was like, okay, well, first thing we're going to do is take down the Christmas tree. Um, so you want to make sure that, like, <laughs> wow, like, okay, okay, now, we, we what, love the holidays. Was it but, still up, or were they getting just ahead for the next Christmas um, no, season? No, it, it, was, it was still, yeah, it was a fake tree that had been sitting there for months. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, my goodness. Yeah. Wow, March. <laughs> yeah, yes. Jeez, all right. A <laughs> couple more to get to here before yeah. we uh, wrap up the podcast for this week. Um, this person wants to know, does the fact that my property is part of a homeowner's association help or hurt 
when it comes to selling. I, I, don't, I don't think it's one or the other. Um, it depends on the buyer, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some buyers are just, you know, some buyer, I mean, especially in the mobile community or society that we're living in now where so many people are working remotely or having to, you know, fly to, to, to Manhattan or to Brooklyn or wherever, um, you know, for a quarterly meeting. People, some people just want the privilege or the ability, well, and, and people who are living, and snowbirds, who are living down in Florida for six months out of the year, some people just want the ability to just turn the key and walk away for a, a few days few weeks, a few months. That's perfect. You know, they're only going to be able to do so if there is a homeowners association. Sure. Um, not everybody, however, wants to deal with a homeowners association. So rules. People aren't real big on rules a lot of the time. I, I, I could never, I'd like, I'd, yeah. could you imagine? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good like Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> it, would, All right. it would be ugly. One more question. All I'm right, going to handle this one because it's going to be real easy and I love this. They say, how much does it cost to work with a real estate agent if I'm buying a house? Nothing. It's free. Yeah. Absolutely free. Go on, expound on that. People are still always amazed by that. I, I get that question at least then, a couple of times. Then how do you get paid? If, if you're, if, if you're well, an agent representing yeah, a buyer, how do you yeah. get paid? Well, as a buyer's agent, I get paid when we get you a house because it comes out of the commission from the sale, which is paid for by the seller. Unless, of course, we do some kind of crazy deal where um, you, know, you pay it. But for 99.9% of properties... It's free. Well, why wouldn't, why would, all right, so let me, let me just, why? in the weeds. Why this is what, I did this to myself, Mark. I said it was going to be simple. <laughs> why wouldn't a buyer then simply want to work with the agent representing the seller? So the biggest reason is the fact that that agent does not have loyalty to you because they are loyal to the seller. And here's the biggest thing too, is it's not going to save you any money to not have your buyer's agent if you have one and have a relationship with them already because the commission is still 6% for the seller. Regardless, if it's three to the buyer's agent, three to the seller's agent, it's still the same thing. So, so, so a seller is almost always going to be paying a full 6%. Exactly. Yep. It's just a matter of who's collecting the, the 6%. Mm-hmm. Is it one agent, a seller's agent, who's collecting all of it? Or is that commission being split evenly between a seller's agent whose responsibility is to work with the seller mm-hmm. um, uh, and a 3% going to the buyer's agent whose responsibility is to look out for and represent the best interest of the buyer? Yeah, which is what you want. You want yeah. somebody on your side. Indeed. Absolutely. Great questions. I love these questions. Good stuff. Yeah, keep them coming. Uh, again, you can always like, subscribe, share the podcast, tell your friends about it. It helps it grow uh, for sure. And you can always find out more about the team over at markseabook.com. All right. All right, Mark. Well, it's good to be back. We'll be back on our normal schedule here. Go get some sleep. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to nap during the day. I'm going to take I'm going to take after my son Ashton. I'm just going to sleep all day and I'll just stay up all night. There we go. Great. It'll be great for my real estate career. It's really going to work out. As always, thank you so much for listening. It's Open House with Mark Seawick and Corey James Warren.